Masters of Divinity. Uh, <laughs> no, hello and welcome to the Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP, and I'm here as always with apparently former president of Iran, Mohammad Ahmadinejad. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at him. Look at him. For those of you listening um, and not watching the YouTube version, I am in a white dress shirt and a gray blazer and, and the way no tie. And no tie. And as soon as the screen came on, it dawned on me that I look a lot like the former president of Iran. <laughs> you do. It, there, I, I can't unsee it now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm here with Father Chuck and also with Matt, who does not look like any sort of former president or prime minister. He looks like Matt. He looks like Moby. A little bit. I, I, it's always just, just Matt. <laughs> he, he just looks like Matt. Well, it's because uh, okay. you are you are just Matt. You are just. Take it that way. Just Matt. Here. I am just Matt. You're apparently also here, according to your t-shirt. Oh, this is my... Uh, nice. The, the, it says, I am here. So what are your other two wishes? Nice. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> That is a wonderful t-shirt. Okay. Wow. The, the <laughs> Disney merch is off the charts these days. Um, speaking of, speaking of, uh, last weekend, um, I went to, uh, I went to the Walt Disney World Resort with my wife um, as a grown-up trip. We participated in what is called Dapper Days, where we oh, dressed cool. in dapper attire at the park. It was very cool. Were there other people there that were uh, dressed up? Uh, probably about fifteen percent of the park where people dressed up in dapper attire. It was oh, it was nice. really fun, and what was really weird is, I mean, Kana Kana's outfit made her look an, an awful lot like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, <laughs> um, and we had complete strangers coming up to her to take pictures with her. Really, that's funny. Were they like yeah. from different countries, or were they like? Not that I could tell. They probably legit thought that Maisel was like a Disney thing and she was like the, the Disney princess at the park. <laughs> there were a few there were a few people who uh, it was they were just like they were clearly taking picture taking pictures of people's dapper attires that they that they really liked. And so I think that's that was what was going on there. But it was really funny because this one we were on the uh, riverboat and this woman comes up and she's going to take your picture. And Kana's like, sure. And like Kana thought that she was referring to like taking a picture of us for us, right? So Kana's like, we're like ready to get our phones out for her to use our phone. And no, this woman uses her own phone to take a picture of Kana. And it's just like, thank you. And Lee's like, that's weird. Huh, that is weird. Um, and that happened about four times. Wow. <laughs> and and my, my wife was a big fan of how you cut your, uh, your Disney band and put it in a pocket watch. Yeah, the new the new magic bands have a removable little pebble thing. Magic so we, band, yeah. Yes, we took that out and I stuck it inside of a pocket watch and used that uh, to get on rides and stuff. It got it got lots of compliments. Go going the extra mile for Dapper Day. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. It was uh, it was great. Um, Ken and I are actually thinking about figuring out a way to like consistently modify pocket watches and like market them on like Etsy or something around Dapper Day because there's two a year um, as a little like extra thing. But it was cool like showing up and it just kind of like pop it open and like stick it on the thing and like all the Disney, like all the cast members being like, Ooh, that's a nice touch. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs> we all got to do Dapper Day one day, guys. It is. It is a good time. Right. Nice. Well, uh, glad you had a, had a good Dapper Day. It's, it's good. It's good to I've always, I've always wanted to do it. Cause I've, I've heard about it for a while and I've always seen pictures and it seems really cool. The, the idea behind it is that uh, the guy who, who, who drew, the concept design for Disneyland, right? Always use like sort of turn of the century 
uh, the, the people inside his content were, were, were like always donning like turn of the century attire, right? Is that kind of? Yeah. yeah. And so and, they just. Yeah. And so this one guy, um, this one guy, I can't remember his name, Kane, I could tell you, but this one guy was looking through some of that initial concept art and thought it was cool. And so he just started this tradition of going to Disney dressed that way and then started like putting out the word that made like one day a year, like the last weekend in April or whatever, that people should come to the park dressed in dapper attire. And so it's not officially sanctioned by Disney. Um, it is its own like separate group thing. So Disney doesn't promote it on their, on their marketing, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, like the gay days park or whatever. It's right, yeah. know, something that people do. And, um, and so, uh, and then they have like a big gathering at the, um, at the Grand Floridian. And then they had at Disney Springs, a pop-up shop where you could buy specially themed um, dapper attire. Like every year they make like a special dress um, uh-huh. that is in, um, like the one this year was um, designed to look like the, um, it was in the pattern of Spaceship Earth. Huh. Um, cool stuff like that. And um, what was neat though this time around, something I had never seen at the at Disney World is the like biker gang that, you know, those biker gangs that hang around at Disneyland. Do you know about that tradition? No, I don't know about that. Okay, so Disneyland, I can't remember what they're called, but they, it's like they're groups of people who showed Disneyland and they dress in the style of being a biker gang. Um, but they have like all these Disney patches and stuff on their denim jackets and stuff. And this um, and this group of them, I can't remember what they called themselves, but there was a group of them at Dapper Day, and oh, they cool. had, and so like they were all dressed up like greasers in their attire. But then they, and then there was like, and there were some men and women dressed as greasers, and then there were a group of um, women with them that were also dressed as like like sock cop kind of you know poodle skirt wearing, you know, almost like the um, the pink ladies or something. And uh, they were walking around the park as like a unit. It was kind of interesting. It was just it was interesting to see all the different kind of different things that, that people did with it. But I bring this up because partly because of Matt's shirt, but also, so we recorded our, we recorded, you know, uh, our episode last week, the next day I got, so I left on a Friday. I got up at, I got up and saw Endgame at 8.30 AM that Friday. I went and watched Avengers Endgame and then left to go to the park. I saw Endgame by myself. So I had this entire drive up to Disney in a car with someone who I deeply love who did not see Endgame. And the whole time, I'm just like, how do I process and talk about this? So I've actually been chomping at the bit to talk to someone else who's seen this movie because I haven't had a chance to do it. Oh, good. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, well, great. So well, uh, that's um, that's going to be our topic today. We're going to follow up our our Marvel episode from last week. If you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to it. I mean, it's not required, but you probably like it. Uh, we're going to follow that up with uh, our, our thoughts on Avengers Endgame. So, uh, as if you don't know what Adventures Endgame is about, um, you're probably living for a rock. Uh, I'm not going to read a synopsis. It made $2.1 billion. I'm pretty sure you all... 1.2. What was that? $1.2 billion. Oh, I thought it was 2.1. Yeah. Really? I thought, it, I thought it made it up to the two. Uh, it's only 1.2? Why are we even talking oh, about this? Okay, movie? let me say, 1.2 opening weekend. It may have surpassed oh, that by now. But... Lord. You think they'll make more? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm assuming you all saw it, and I'm assuming that you're all okay with spoilers. Yeah, at at $1.2 who hasn't seen the movie? <laughs> exactly. Um, no one who listens to this podcast. Uh, um, that's for sure. <laughs> so, guys, guys, let's get into Avengers Endgame.
Uh, Chuck, since you're kind of chopping at the bit, why don't, why don't you uh, tell us some of your thoughts? Um, well, let me just ask you this first. Was it everything you hoped for? I, the thing is, is I, I left Infinity War just like with this mindset of, I don't know where they're going with it. And I was just sort of, I'm going to see, because I'm, I'm excited to see where they take this story. But I, I decided to just try to be as open as possible. Like I actually avoided watching trailers. I avoided reading a whole lot of um, a lot of you know think pieces and you know guesses and all that clickbaity crap that was on the internet for a while. Even the day like t day or two before the movie came out, being like, "Here's how Tony Stark made you know change." Like, wait and see the movie. I don't know why you're wasting your time writing this crap. Um, but I like even when I found out that there was a trailer that kind of even gave a little bit of what the plot of the movie was going to be, I didn't watch it because I really wanted to. I didn't want to have any expectations, and I find that you know when I do that, I enjoy a lot of things better. And I think you just to be quite honest. I think that's part of the problem of you know that half of the population that's just wrong about um, Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi um, is they just had they had thirty years of expectations. Um, and and so I don't know that I think that the movie was any. It's hard for me to say that it was what I hoped it would be. Um, there are some things I, while watching the movie, I was thinking I would have done this, this, you know, like I would like to have seen you know this, that, or the other, you know. And I had my thoughts and ideas of what could happen, but seeing what they did, like I was, I was surprised. I was legitimately surprised with the direction they did things, uh, took things, and. Um, probably the most surprising thing to me in it was the fact was the opening bit where they immediately find Thanos and kill him. Right. I thought that was, I thought that was once they did that, I was like, I have really have no idea where they're, what they're, where they're going with this because I kind of anticipated the movie to be about them either trying to find Thanos or realizing they can't. Cause I knew that time travel was going to be part of it. Cause it was sort of unavoidable to realize that that was part of the story. And that because they couldn't find Thanos, that they needed to go back in time to collect the Infinity Stones and sort of create like a rival Infinity Stone situation or whatever they were going to do. Um, like I said, I wasn't really sure. But um, um, when I had no idea that they were going to deal with, they, they were going to take it in the direction they did. And I was just, you know, once I saw that, I realized, you know, we're, I'm in for a ride with this movie because they are subverting expectation. And... Um, I am also very, I was also very, um, very pleased with their willingness to actually give closure to the storyline, um, to, it didn't feel like age of Ultron where they were clearly trying to set up other movies and, and all of that. Like they were actually really trying to bring this, you know, a clo uh, some closure to the story that there was a narrative end to what was going on. And, um, and I really appreciated that. Um, and I was hoping for that. So I, I they, that, that's one hope I would say that they, that they get, that they, they satisfied for me is giving some actual closure to this 22 movie epic. Right. Okay, cool. Matt, how about you? Did it, uh, live up to any expectations? Was it everything you hoped for? I'm still Cause, sad. Cause we, cause, well, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me promise this because we have talked about how like you sort of felt like you're kind of softening, like you're or not softening, but you're kind of like not as impressed with Marvel as you used to be. So how do, how does this movie factor into that? Does it help or hinder? 
I'm still sad my bit didn't make it in the recording. <laughs> um, would you like? Would you like to? No, do? it doesn't. It doesn't work now. We already. You can do the bit. It. No, come on. We let's are, do Matt's bit. Matt's it. bit, everybody. Come on. So I'm Matt's so sad. Bit. Matt's bit. Matt's bit. That's why. That's why we're randomly talking about Game of Thrones at the beginning of this, though. So, but okay. um, but let's see. What did I think? I think that yes, it was everything I hoped it would be. Um, I would say that it is just about as perfect as they could have made it. Okay. Um, but I would also say three hours was a long movie and it felt like it. Um, yeah. It, I, definitely, I, it definitely was the first time I ever was in a movie and I leaned over to my wife and I was like, I don't think I've ever been bored at Marvel before. Um, but I say all that, but I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that that took away from the movie. Somehow, even with the very long-feeling runtime, um, I still think it's it's the best. I, I mean, I, I there's people that are a lot smarter than me who write things, so I'm sure somebody could have come up with a better storyline out there. But as far as I'm concerned, it's it, it was the way it, I thought it was the way it should have ended. I thought it was great. I thought um, the way they tied things up was in my opinion, a perfect ending for, for the characters involved. And yeah, no, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It made me excited again, but I still stand by my, now I'm hoping the next phase is something that brings a little, a little new spice and difference to the, uh, the Marvel movies. But, but yeah, it was, it was incredible. Let's talk more. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I'm kind of in the same camp as Trucker. I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations simply because I think they did really good at uh, not marketing a lot, a whole lot, um, or broadcasting what's going to really happen on the movie. I thought the trailers are sort of very vague. Um, and uh, the cast seems like probably even more tight lipped than they, they usually were during their press tour. Um, so <clears throat> that I, I appreciated that. Uh, going in because, like, for the first time, I didn't really know what to expect at all from a Marvel movie, and uh, it does feel kind of weird. Uh, you know, I think it was I think Stan Lee coined the term uh, the illusion of change uh, in terms of like writing comic books, where it's like you have a character and then you introduce a conflict and they resolve the conflict and everything goes back to normal by the end of the arc. And you can start all over again. Like they, they uphold the status quo, and I think that is something Marvel has really leaned into for the past ten years, where they've sort of like you think there's probably been change, but not really. Like the, the and that's sort of everyone's big criticism towards Marvel. Where there's not enough uh, stakes. Uh, most of the stakes are sort of emotional stakes, and that's not enough for some people. But it, so it felt interesting that. There were actual stakes this time around because, like, around Infinity War, you're kind of like, you know, maybe some people might die, but like, you weren't expecting the snap to happen and then it happened. And so, like, this is the first movie, the first Avengers movie after that. And so now it's not their stakes. And so that made it a very different experience compared to other Marvel movies, if you ask me. Uh, and what sort of, I think, accentuated that were was that they, they really also leaned into being more cathartic in this entry. Uh, a lot of quiet moments, a lot of moments of introspection that I thought were interesting. 
Um, whether or not a lot of those landed, I'm not really sure <laughs> because I'm also kind of with Matt that it did feel like three hours. Um, you know, Game of Thrones has been going over their runtime uh, this season because it's such a limited season. And uh, the last episode, it didn't feel like, you know, it was over an hour long. It felt pretty, pretty, it felt, I mean, I mean it felt like an hour long. Um, I didn't feel that way with this, with this movie. There were definitely moments where I was like, oof, okay, I know what you're trying to do, but maybe we can uh, hurry this up with that just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, as far as expectations go, from like what I expect from Marvel, what I expect from this movie, I think it's sort of, uh, I think you subverted a lot of my expectations um, and did some things I've always kind of wanted to see them do. Um, some some of them, I didn't really think it was great. Some of them I thought was really good. Uh, but overall, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a fun experience. I'm glad I got to see it in the theater. I, I wish I had saw it with a more rowdy crowd. Uh, my my theater was asleep, <laughs> basically. Dude, I my theater, I guess, because at eight thirty a.m. showing, people weren't super rowdy either. I I managed to actually get a round of applause going in my theater when um uh, it was when um when 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 Mjolnir winds up in Cap's hands. Oh yeah, like I started applauding, and then you could see other people like, oh yeah, I guess this is something we should applaud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's all applaud for the guy applauding. Go ahead, go. See, and was, I. I saw it in a theater where I, I probably couldn't hear half the movie because people wouldn't stop clapping from this <laughs> and it started till it ended just cheering and clapping and standing and all sorts of stuff through that movie. So JP, I have a question for you. Have you, have you had a chance to read Devin Faraci's review on cinema Singha about the uh, movie? I, I keep trying to, but I always, I keep getting distracted because I know he wrote two pieces. The first one about it being like an event. Yeah, and I skimmed through. He men he mentions a mad. It's a mad, 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 mad world. And I thought that was interesting. I never. I didn't get to read him expand on it, but uh, I, I've been meaning to read it. Just haven't been able to get around to it. Just, it's because the the because it's what you're what you're saying. I think you would have. I, I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are on it because he 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 basically said that it's it's a great experience, maybe not great cinema. Yeah, I, I remember that's like his opening, right? Yeah, that's like kind of his thesis. Um. I don't know that I agree with him, but he does make a couple of really valid points that have affected my thinking of the movie a little bit. But um, um, and I and I, and I want to see it again. Um, but um, anyway, I just I was curious if you'd had that opportunity. Well, uh, no, not yet. And, and I and I, and I kind of see what he's saying. You know, um, people have sort of compared the Marvel movies to uh, westerns. Yeah, because of how prevalent westerns are when they were when they were. You know, in their heyday back in like the 1950s, which is like the most popular decade. Um, but it's really not the same thing because Marvel's kind of doing the majority uh, of all the heavy lifting of the genre. And like there's other studios and stuff making stuff, but Marvel is like the studio making just strictly horror, or sorry, superhero films and a lot of them. And so it's not really comparable to Westerns because like everybody was making Westerns. Everybody was. And there's like a, basically an entire industry. So it's not as big as Westerns. But what it does, I think resemble is uh, the musical. Hmm. You had like one studio that was like pumping them out like all the time, and then like the other studios were sort of dabbling in it as well. And you had like a a, a period where musicals were just kind of like standard fare, and a period where musicals were just like at, at like a peak topic. Every movie had to be musical. Everybody had to go see the musical. The musicals were like larger than life. They're experimenting with all kinds of filmmaking techniques and color and, and sound and stuff, and then they just like stopped. 
Because <laughs> like they, they started to just really suck. Uh, so I, and I think that's it's kind of funny I'm leading into that. And that's why I think that's what I think Marvel is. Uh, <laughs> um, but not not because the inevitability is going to end or whatever. But like just like that kind of influence and that where it's taking where like musicals made movies into events. Right. Where it's like, I have to see this actor do this thing for this big set piece. Like there's a movie called American in Paris and there's like a, I want to say like a 30 minute long, uh, just musical number. That's just basically recapping the entire movie and like a ballet. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like what's happening now a little bit with these movies, these event films. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's me on my history cinema BS. <laughs> uh, but let's let's get back into into Marvel, into, into Avengers. Uh, what did you guys think about like the time travel element? Did it confuse you? Because <laughs> I, I I'll be honest, I didn't really care. Like not not because I didn't like it, but I just like I just I know it's it's gonna be confusing and people are probably gonna be complaining about it a lot. So I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go with it. Just gonna go with the ride. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, I buy it. What did you guys think? No, uh, wait, I'm, I'm, uh, what was time confusing? Tra- I, I I don't know. <laughs> Well, some I people... actually, I, I don't say that to be like a jerk. I'm just saying I thought that they just kept it kind of simple that time travel in this movie is alternate timelines. Like it's yeah. not going back in time and messing with yours. It's alternate timelines. I thought that was the. Yeah. But I, I think it. a lot of people had issue with like Captain America coming back and like if they, if they created alternate timelines, why he's still in the timeline. I don't know. I don't know. See, I, this is the yeah, thing. Is... He... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Check you first. Yeah. I was just going to say that I, I think that the. I know the Russos have weighed in, and this gets back to our episode about who, who you know, do the authors have much of a say. Um, I know the Russos in an interview at the premiere in China said something about that, that Captain America is in an alternate timeline. Um, but I, I kind of feel like that's not really what they're, like, the movie, I don't know, for me, it seems kind of obvious to me that Cap going back in, like, that Cap does not go to an alternate timeline that Cap just goes back in time and is there for the, everything that's happening. He doesn't change um, anything. So there's no time. He doesn't ship. He doesn't drift off to another timeline. So yeah, I don't think I, to me, it doesn't because partly because he doesn't have the machine to bring him back on his hand. When you see him, um, I get the sense that, you know, he had a conversation. Uh, here's what I think. What I think is he went back in time at some point, old, old Steve Rogers got in touch with Bucky and told him like, you know, I'm going to be here. Like, here's what's good. Like, you know, you'll know the moment you'll see me again or whatever. Um, and then there's that moment with, and that's with, with Sam and him that we see um, because it clearly telegraphs that, that, um, that Bucky and, and, and Steve had had conversations that because Bucky's clearly aware of what's going to happen before he leaves. And when he sees him sitting on the bench, Bucky acts like he knows who that is, like without, but not like in a sense of like, oh, I guess correctly, but like in a, I've been like, I'm, I've been prepared for this moment and this is what I'm supposed to do. And so uh, a number of people have pointed out too, that in the agent Carter TV show, she talks about her husband and her husband's never seen yeah, and says that it was someone that's that, that Steve rescued or whatever. Um, and you know, like there have been people have sort of indicated that it, fits totally within what they've shown in the agent Carter TV show that it could have been Steve um, just quietly living his life in, in, in the background, not doing anything, not, you know, whatever. I know some people have issues with that, you know, like, uh, like even Devin said, 
you know, September 10th, 2001, Steve Rogers goes to bed knowing that a bad thing is going to happen. He doesn't do anything about it. Like he knows that his best friend is being tortured for 70 years. He doesn't do anything about it. Um, you know, I, for me, it, it's, it's the sense that Steve is aware that things have to play out. It, I mean, it, it, to me, it's kind of like the Edith Keeler moment in, um, in, um, Trek, um, uh, City on the Edge of Tomorrow or City on the Edge of Forever, where there's that, you know, there's that moment of, you know, Edith Keeler must die. You know, there's, I think, a realization that Steve, that Steve is like, things have to play out the way they play out. And so, and besides, there's another cap that's going to be around. There's, you know, all that stuff's going to take care. So he can actually just live a life because there are other people dealing with stuff in the background. Um, and, you know, I mean, of course, also there's the whole question about, you know, his wife every day goes to work with Nazis and he doesn't say anything like that. So I get, I get where people are coming from, but I, I sort of, I sort of feel like what's presented in the movie is that Steve does not go to an alternate timeline. He is just in the past living. It's <laughs> what are you laughing about? Chuck, you're probably going to be mad at me, but I will find it funny. Uh, but now that I'm thinking about Steve Rogers having to live through the history of the world, knowing like everything he knows and he can't do anything about it. And I'm now just picturing him like sitting in a wheelchair, just staring blankly into the distance as these things happen, like brand and game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't get it. So <laughs> I can't have any emotions on it one way or the other. Brand brand is now what's called a three eye Raven. He can like, see yeah, I don't, all I don't care. Clothes. I really, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, see, this is why I wish the bit was caught where Chuck literally left the podcast was reading a book in the background just, when I came on. I just I came on joking that we were talking about that war instead of this war. My only regret, <laughs> Matt, is that I had to roll in it. My only regret, Matt, is that I didn't have my church warden pipe with me while I was yeah. reading my book. Um, but that moment was great, and we missed. It's all right. I should have like, texted to see if he was recording first. I blew it. I blew it, guys. Our audience. I'm sorry. I apologize. Chuck and I recorded like an entire like emotionally and, and deep episode about Stan Lee, and it was lost. And Matt's <laughs> crying over his yeah, bit. My bit, guys. I am nothing <laughs> if not the annoying voice that interrupts people here with nonsense, and uh, my yeah, nonsense was missed. That's all it is. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm asking about the time travel element because of things like that, Chuck, because it, it does sort of kind of affect uh, the rest of the characters and the rest of sort of the conflict. And one thing that kind of like didn't quite. So let me, yeah. here, here. So let me put, based on what Chuck is saying, let me put my theory out there and see what Go you ahead. think. All right. Um, let's say that when they, traveled back in time using the whole going subatomic whatever thing they 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 would go to alternate timelines but when dr strange uses the time the time stone he actually went back in time in his timeline like he was influencing the past so could we suggest that there is a possibility that captain america went back in time to get that one and then back to take it back but before giving it back used it to send him back in his own timeline in which case he could live out his life because he cannot interfere with the past or the present wouldn't happen you see i so like he that's... had to live so he had to live his life separate from it but he also got to live his life because 
it was in his own timeline and would interfere with the outcome of everything if he did anything. See, here's what I thought when when the movie, here's what I thought the movie was, what I was kind of hoping the movie was going to do. Um, and that, so I guess I did have more hopes than I indicated. But one thing I was kind of hoping the movie was going to do, but also what I thought was about to happen when they make the comment about how Steve blew past his like point, like, you know, when he, when he travels back in time and they're monitoring him is I thought that what I thought the movie was initially going to do is that Steve was going to make the sacrifice play. He was going to jump on the grenade, right? Like it was going to be a final callback to that moment. And this was him going to make the sacrifice play. Like he, you know, he says that Tony doesn't do and that what he was, he was, but before doing so, he was going to use the time stone to get his dance with Peggy knowing full well that that's all he gets is the one dance with Peggy. And then he has to return to the present to, to finish you know, what he's going to do. Um, not sure how they were going to script it, but that's what I, that's kind of what I was, that's where I was thinking in my head, they were going to do something. Um, and then when the movie was playing out, I thought they were going to sort of do a similar thing that Steve watched Tony sacrifice himself. And so, and so Tony was going to use the, was going to use the, the time, the time stone to somehow, to somehow rescue Tony from having to use the infinity gauntlet or whatever and, uh, and do it himself. But again, have the, have his moment with, with Peggy before that happened. I part, part personally kind of think it'd be a little bit more emotionally satisfying, but then I also know that it wouldn't necessarily show the important character change that takes place with both Tony and, and Steve. And, um, and he so, already yeah. knew, and he already knew that Dr. Strange said out of the billions of possible, there was only one that won he, you know he said there's only one possibility we have here to win this battle so captain america would have known if i change anything i could undo the one that just won yeah i guess that's fair but i mean also you know he didn't see all the possibilities he only saw like what four million of them so there could be others oh, that's but, just four million <laughs> but the other thing is though is they already established in the movie that you know the idea that you know it it's sort of you know once they've won like if he were to go back like it th that sort of changes the, the 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 parameters or whatever i mean it's a bit confusing and i and i and i i do think though that it sort of adds to the idea of we don't really know how time travel works and i think that's sort of the movie's point of saying is that like we're used to these other movies telling us how it works but this is how you know we think it works but it you know, we don't know. That's why. That's why I said I. I, I don't care. I didn't care. Right. Like, right. Like, <laughs> whatever you say, guys. Yeah, I buy it. My guys, my only fight. Guys, my only... I can buy. I can buy into superpowers and men turning into large green things, and I can buy into gods that live in other dimensions and travel stars and planets and stuff. But I cannot buy if you don't get time travel right. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... The, the only my issues that are one is he just says you know and I'm sure Matt feels the same way being the parent of small children that the fact that Tony's daughter grows up without a dad is something that was really hard for me to swallow in that movie and like Devin Faraci in his review mentions that basically his daughter is the one that pays the price for Tony's actions yeah um, and, it would, and so so that's why I kind of so that's why I kind of wish that there had been you know that Steve would have made the sacrifice play to give Tony the life with a daughter. Um, and um, and I, I'll just add really quick, um, just to throw it out there because it popped in my head, and I don't want to miss it, is that the, the movie ends after the credits with the sound of the Iron Man armor being 
you know, yeah. pounded. That's that sound. And, um, you know, the Russo said it was sort of the bookend or whatever. I took it as there's sort of the wink that Tony's got a plan. Like Tony's always got a plan to get out of death or whatever. Right. And, um, I mean, whether they do anything with that is, is entirely, you know, moot, but I, th that's, that was sort of my interpretation of it. But, um, I will say the one thing that bugged me is Natasha's death because yeah. the soul stone, the whole thing is a soul for a soul. So it's to me, it stands to reason that returning the soul stone would allow an exchange that I'm giving you the soul stone back. Can I have, you know, shouldn't I be able to get the soul of the person who like that to me, that's the, the mechanics of how the soul stone works seem to be that, that they could have gotten Natasha back that way. Yeah. I, I think there's still more to be, to be seen concerning like the effects of the soul stone stuff with both Gamora and black. Yeah. Well, and, and the other piece is they is when, when, um, when Hulk says that, you know, he wasn't able to bring her back, even though he tried. Bro, you brought back trillions of people. Like how, like, what is it about this one that doesn't, you know, and isn't, it, it wasn't already established that all their souls were in the soul stone. So yeah. did the Russos say that? Yeah. On the record? Yeah. It could have been lying though, you know, like. That's true. I mean, again, and, and does the author, <laughs> did the authors really get, you know. Um, well. But, I think we do, but, I, but I, also, I would love to see the moment when Cap returns the stone to that planet and there's the Red Skull. I know. There's a lot of questions concerning, like, <laughs> what the hell was Captain America doing in that time he disappears? Like, how did he return the ether? Like, <laughs> did he stab Natalie Portman with that... Uh... With that syringe thing, like, right? Well, and and that's the other, and that's the other issue is, then that's and that raises the question. Maybe the reason. Uh, there, here we go. Here's your theory. Steve is Steve just went back to be with Peggy, and while he's living his life all those years, he knows when he has to return those stones. Okay. So he could just be like, "All right, my mission right now is to turn the stone at this date and this time, or whatever." Like he's not necessarily, like he, he he's not using. He's not using the PIM particles to do all of it. He's, oh, yeah. you know, he's just, he's working, he's sort of working behind the scenes to do, because he knows this is my job. Why not have, why not live my life while I'm doing this job? Yeah. One thing I didn't really, that kind of bothers me a little bit is um, the Thanos that they were ultimately facing off against was a Thanos that hadn't met anybody yet. Mm -hmm. um, and, hadn't even like gotten his first stone yet. And I, I, I realized they try to rectify that by having him capture uh, Nebula and she's kind of revealing everything through her, you know, grainy right. surveillance video footage. I feel like there could have been a more uh, interesting moment like with Wanda or something where or somebody actually makes him relive all the moments instead of just like, oh, I watched it on TV. Yeah, because so. I, I, I'm with you on this, that Thanos felt somewhat, after spending the last movie building up what a character he is, he felt very detached in this movie. I mean, he even says, like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, Wanda's yeah. like, YouTube is like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I, um, yeah. By the way, let me, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but as you mentioned, this is before Thanos had even one Infinity Stone. He gave the Mind Stone to Loki 
so that Loki could use it to get the Tesseract. Why would he do that if he's collecting stones? Like that's one of the things that's bugged me this whole time. I think it's because they are, the center is never meant to be the mind stone. <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah, probably. At least when they're making the Avengers. It just kind of comes down to that, really. Kind of started writing around it. I know? guess. Um, um, but but uh, I got. I want to ask uh, Matt, since you said that Tony Stark is the character that you latched onto uh, throughout all these movies. What did you think about his sacrifice, and how did, how did that moment sort of affect you? <sighs> It's a lot to talk about. <laughs> I'm like, what, what am I supposed to say to that? I thought that the, um, I thought that his sacrifice that he played out, I see a lot of people saying like, oh, it doesn't fit Tony Stark. That wouldn't work for him. And I don't, I wonder what movies what? they've been watching. Yeah. Um, because that's been his growth throughout the entire the entire series of these movies. It's a sort of logical conclusion of his arc, right? Like, the, yeah, like he, first, the first Avengers movie features him flying a nuke I through know, a hole. Yeah. And people still say he wouldn't sacrifice himself like that. And I'm like, what are, what, what are they? I honestly think they never saw any of the movies. They watched the first one and this one and they're like, Oh, I got it. Um, but no, his, his character arc, his development, his story that we go on, I would argue is is one of the uh, most most carried out, most developed characters I've ever seen, um, because you've got somebody who is in so many movies. His stories carried throughout all of them, so he's got like the development of a TV show character in a massive big screen way. And I think that he he's the one who this whole thing has kind of been following. I mean, Captain America is obviously a, a major central role to the whole thing. But Tony Stark's story is the one that is kind of like the thread that holds all the movies together. Yeah. Because he's like the one who he's the one who we see experience this journey through like all this range of emotion, all this feeling. He's the one who's always trying to come up with how are we going to stop this? What's going to happen next? He's the guy with the plan. Um, he's the one that ultimately when it fails, it was his plan that failed. Um, so he takes it personally and it, it hurts and weighs on him. And so then when it gets to the end and it's time for somebody to sacrifice, he's like in his head, it's going to be me. He's the one who who's brought them all here. It's his fault or his um fault's the only word i can come with but whatever the the positive he doesn't even know is it a good thing or a bad thing that i brought all these people together but all he knows is it's my responsibility and that's why i totally agree with chuck it hurts to think of him leaving a daughter behind without a dad but he also is like the father figure to all these characters in his mind and that's very much 100% on screen with Spider-Man and him and the relationship they have. But his role is it's my fault that these people are all here. It's my responsibility to bring them all home safely. He's like, it's, it's all, they're all his children to him because he's brought them here, gathered them together and they've sacrificed so much to get to where they're at. 
And then it's like, if somebody's going to make the call, it's got to be me because it's my responsibility to watch out for them. Um, and again, the relationship with Spider-Man, I mean, come on, when he hugged him crying, not, not going to lie. Um, it's just, yeah, it was great. I love the way he's played out. So, so I wish, yeah, there's some way that he could have had his life with his daughter, but in his mind too, he's already had somewhat of a life with his daughter and by doing so he knows that there's no way he could, he could have her see him as anything, but, um, the father figure who's watching out for everybody. So if he didn't make that sacrifice and didn't step up and, and be the one to end it, then he has to live his life explaining to her why he let somebody else do it. And to him, that was not something he could, he could face. He couldn't face his daughter wonder went and try and answer her someday well why didn't you save why didn't you save parker when you had a chance why did you let him die why did you let them you know so he he had to he had to make that choice so that she could she could grow up knowing that her dad was the one that protected her and watched out for her well and the line the line that really got me is when pepper says you can rest now you know, mm-hmm. and she, or that, that call back to that conversation they have where he, you know, casually mentions that he solved time travel. And which, by the way, one of my favorite Tony Stark quirks is where he like just says something sort of casual, like, and then he drops like a major bomb because he's like that, he's got this weird like fear of confrontation or whatever. Cause, uh, yeah, cause like in, like in Civil War where he's like, who, who, who's been putting the coffee grounds in the garbage disposal? And then he like puts up a photo. Like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this kid that like died as a result of the stuff we've been doing. And, um, you know, so he does that thing with, he does some thing with, um, with um, pepper. And, but so, you know, that whole conversation about how like he'll never rest, he'll never rest. And, you know, cause he's always trying to save everyone. That's become his, his mindset, you know, so putting a suit of arm. Yeah. So they introduced yeah. Iron Man three. Yeah, putting the suit of armor around the globe and you know all that. Yeah, he just he never he's never going to rest. And I think there's that realization for him too that even if he does have a life with his daughter, he's always gonna he's never going to be restful. He's never going to be present. He's never going to be what you know because he's he's always going to be looking for the next threat. And so the fact that she, you know, that, that he, you know, she tells him it's okay, you can rest now. Um, that hit me because it's that realization that he 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 would never be able to until he dies. And so in some ways, in some ways it's giving his daughter a better life, I guess. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go into that kind of place, but it's still hard as a parent to watch. And I, it, it kind of, it haunts me. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely, um, I think consistent with the Tony Stark we've seen in the movies. And so when people say that it doesn't make any sense, I have no idea where they're coming from. Yeah. I thought Robert, Dan- Robert Downey Jr. I mean, I think he's he he'll always be like sort of the MVP to me, in terms of like acting, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, definitely the best actor they've had through the entire series, and um, you know, walking away from this with I think with, I think it was reported seventy five million dollars in his pocket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep going. Um, it, it's it's definitely you know they're sort of changing up the status quo by having. Robert Downey Jr. leave and uh, Chris Evans leaving, um, and other people sort of taking up the mantle of the Avengers and stuff. And that'll be interesting to see because 
both Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are terrific actors, like really great actors. Robert Downey Jr. was like a, an amazing surprise when he played Iron Man and like set a whole precedent really in, in his performance and like how everybody else sort of captured the superheroes going forward, don't you think? No, totally. And, um, and Chris Evans, you know, I think they both, I think like both Iron Man and Captain America sort of like earned their rest. You know, I'm thinking about like how Deborah Farage is kind of complaining like, oh, he didn't do anything on 9-11, you know, Captain America didn't uh, tell Peggy about all the Nazis that have invaded, the, that have infiltrated the government. It's like, yeah, that's, that's true. That does go against his character as we know. It does go against the whole Marvel ethos of with great power comes great responsibility. But it's a kind of allowing Steve to kind of like just experience these things as a normal person and not as a superhero. Because they've all kind of played out. Whatever. I won't, won't get too deep in that because we already talked about it. But I'm just saying that the, the finality of everything, I, I think everything just sort of does make sense in its own, you know, kind of logical way. Um, and also thematically. Um, um, so, but like, like, what did you guys think about like, uh, like I really loved, I was actually really kind of affected by like how, like the beginning of, of the movie, how like emaciated, or emaciated uh, like Robert Downey Jr. was, like he had you know, lost so much weight and stuff. He's having sort of an emotional breakdown in front of everybody. Well, he's, he's hours away from dying. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, to me, it's, that that's just kind of like shows like how great of an actor Robert Downey Jr. is. I don't know if we're going to get that again. Um, but yeah. Okay, and, and, and I'll bring in another character we haven't talked about. Uh, Thor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so there, there is some controversy a little bit over the way how his character sort of dealt with the grief and stuff is, you know, he, he allowed him to he like let himself go and gain like a ton of weight and became really fat. Um, a lot of people are kind of upset that they're saying there's, there's like a lot of fat shaming happening and you know, like people making fun of him and stuff. Whereas like, you know, Tony, he's like emaciated, hasn't eaten anything, is losing all this weight and it's treated as like more serious. What do you guys think about that? I, 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 really a thing I do not care about. Um, I, I mean, it's funny, right? I I don't know. It's it, it, the fact that Thor is such a vain character throughout so much of his, so so many, you know, from the first movie, he's very vain and you see that in Ragnarok. He's so concerned about his hair getting cut. I mean, he's a very vain character. So to, to see him like, by the way, great cinematography, because as soon as he shows, as soon as they come into the house and you see him, his hair is back long and all like so many of the women in the audience that I saw were like, oh, his hair's back. Like they were like cheering. Like I heard women were around, oh, it's the long hair. Right. And then the camera pans and he's gained a ton of weight. And it was just, so it was such a great, like, oh, he's back to being Thor. Like, oh no, he's not. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I actually really like the fact that they, one, I mean, they show it that he sort of let himself go because he just doesn't care. Like, he's just given up, right? Um, yeah. But I like that they allow that to stay throughout the rest of the movie. It's not like as soon as he picks up the the axe again, it somehow makes him a perfect, gives him a perfect physique. He also has or, abs, yeah. Yeah, and like when he gets Mjolnir back, he doesn't have like a perfect physique. It's, 
you know, he's still like that. His armor is definitely holding him in. He's definitely in like Lebowski mode when he goes back to Asgard with, with Rocket. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. Like, I like the fact that they didn't, you know, they, that they let the, that they let that change remain for the movie. And in terms of fat shaming and stuff, I don't know. I don't know if I really see that, but you know, I wasn't really paying attention that much either. Um, I, you know, it's, you know, they, they definitely made him the comic relief character. And so I guess like somebody could argue, Oh, he's fat. So now he's funny. Um, but with what we've seen through three movies and, you know, and, and, and all the Avengers movies we've seen where, where his, his character has gone. It seems somewhat consistent to me, you know, that he would handle this. I mean, he's handled the death of his mom, the death of his people, the, the overwhelming responsibility of having to be their leader when he's not ready for it. He's kind of, you know, he's, 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 he's sought the throne, but you know, realized, but he sort of enjoyed the fact that, he's had some distance to it or whatever. And so it, I, I, that, that, I mean, the fact that he's, it's overwhelming what he's experienced and he just finally was just like, screw it. Like I'm going to play Fortnite with, with Meek and Korg and, yes. and yell at new at noob slayer 69 or whatever that kid's name is, um, is it, it, to me so fitting with where, what they've done with him. And I don't, I don't know. So like with the, the fact that there's controversy about it, just to me, it shows that, this is the world we live in where everybody's looking for something to be mad about. But plus, plus the first time he meets Dr. Strange, we see how much beer he puts away. Right. Right. going to catch up with you eventually. I mean, come on, <laughs> you can't drink beer like that and not wind up with a beer gut. It's going to happen. So I think it's fitting. Yeah. I mean, it went to the like, Thor kind of like, he probably like blames himself for the entire thing that's happened because he, because you know, Thanos told him he should have aimed higher. Like when he came in with the ax. Right. Infinity War, and then that's when he did the snap. So right. it's like even Thanos is saying, "Like this is your fault." Right, and then when he cuts his head off, when they yeah. find him, and they're like, "What did you do that for?" Right, and there's that ad, there's that sort of sense of like now our only link to where the Infinity Stones are is gone. Right, and and he was just like, "I aim for the head," and, and, and you know, like he kind of cries when he when he says that because it's like he he just wants to make up for his for his for missing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I mean I think you know, I mean, it's true to a lot of the way we are as humans that we would, that we don't treat that kind of psychological trauma nearly as seriously as we do say somebody being emaciated or whatever. But, um, and there's like, I'm sure a commentary on us as a, as a species. I don't know that the movie needs to be the one to do that work for us. Just like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think for the most part it, it's, uh, you know, speaking as a, a bigger person, I, I think it's if someone feels hurt by it. I think I don't, I don't want to invalidate your feelings. I, I right. think it's you know it, just to to see someone like gain weight because of trauma and then like have a friend say, "Oh, you smell like cheese whiz." Like that's, I mean, I, I can kind of see that. It didn't really affect me, I guess. But um, but also like I'm like I actually don't really remember all the ways I made fun of them. <laughs> um, so, but but at the same time, like I I kind of felt seen a little bit because that's sort of like. Kind of, I, I can I can relate to that, mm-hmm. what he's gone through, and that, that sort of like, wow, I really messed up. And so you just kind of like, who cares? I'll play Fortnite for 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 years now. Yeah, who cares? I'll start a park. I'll start a podcast. Whatever. <laughs> oh, JP. Um, <laughs> just, I'm kidding. I, I, are you? Are I am. you though? I am. I'm kidding. 
I would, no, 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 honestly, if I was more like Thor, it'd be like, I would just, I would just be, uh, what would I be doing? I probably would be playing video games. Yeah, that, I would, <laughs> I would become a gamer. Yeah. You're all concerned okay. now. Jeez, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like fat Thor guys. It's okay. <laughs> just promise me that if you do, like if, the, if this is where you're going, keep growing that beard out and then do that sweet braid. Yeah. Oh, I thought he looked, lip. I thought he looked awesome. He did look awesome. Uh, at the end when he had like all, like the, like the basically he I mean he basically looked like Volstag, right? The the one yeah. giant like Warriors three with that cool beard and the hair and so I thought he looked yeah great. holding Mjolnir and and um, what's the other one called Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker. Can Stormbreaker. we can we can we comment on the fact that um can we comment on the fact that just briefly that uh the Marvel Cinematic Universe just completely abandoned Lady Sif? Yeah. Lady Sif she just gone. Like That's no sick. mention of her whatsoever. Uh, she was cool too. I liked her. Um, I mean, Tessa Thompson's um, Valkyrie is way cooler. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. The, the, can we also comment on the fact that this movie features a moment where a spider themed teenager rides on the back of a Pegasus <laughs> with, while holding a, a magic, a robot glove with magic stones in it. <laughs> while battling alien forces surrounded by a dude wh okay. who is giant because of science powers. You do you do see in some universe, right? You do see somehow them having Deadpool relive that moment now, like riding on the Pegasus old mm -hmm. glove. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could see that now in the Marvel universe where he just goes back and is riding on it. And I, yeah. I, I, yeah, it would have been great if they could have found a way to sort of throw like a random Deadpool, like if he's in the background. So I mean, he's got, he's got Cable's time travel thing. And now that he belongs to them, maybe he'll show up and save everybody in the Marvel universe. <laughs> Dude, what would people have done? What would people have done is if instead of, if just out of nowhere, he was the one wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> it would have ruined that movie. It would have been awful. Yeah, but he, but it would have made sense because he can regenerate so it couldn't kill him. Yeah. So um, Deadpool's the answer to all of it, guys. How funny that, his everything. introduction, his introduction into the whole merger was to have Deadpool show up wearing the glove. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, did you buy any? I, I missed it, but apparently, um, Howard the Duck is in there with the Ravagers. I've heard that. I didn't. I didn't see it, but I, I've heard it. Um, kind of awesome. Yeah, <laughs> getting getting well, one. So more. Let's 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 talk about this moment, guys. This uh, this big fan servicey moment. Uh, where on the left, huh? on the left, Steve. Oh yeah, everyone comes back to have that big giant war at Avengers HQ. Or, or what was left of Avengers HQ? Which that was actually a pretty cool moment. Yeah, it was. where Thanos like destroys <laughs> the, the, the building and it becomes a battlefield, um, just like love, because um, love is a battlefield. Um, God Almighty, just. Uh, I need I need a joke to land for God's sakes. That's funny. It's funny. It's funny joke. <laughs> uh, what, what did you guys think? I mean, were you were you pumped? Like the moment, you know? What did you think when uh, Captain America picked up Mjolnir? Am I saying that word like Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Like, meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. No, 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 no. You take the small one. Give me that one. Yeah, the small <laughs> one. I, I, here's the thing: is when everybody came back, I actually didn't feel all that like. It didn't feel all that exciting to me. No, like I wanted, I wanted it to be a bigger moment, and it, but it felt sort of like, oh yeah, these people are in this movie too. Like, 
it didn't have nearly the emotion for me. It just didn't have nearly the emotional hit that I wanted it to have. That, but that being said, the what really worked for me was the realization that the snap that the that the new snap worked when Clint's wife is calling and oh, yeah. the, and there's like extra birds on the tree, like that. Such a small, subtle moment to let him know that the that the secondary snap worked. I thought was really great, rather than it just being like now all everybody's here. Like it was just a, you know, sort of an unexpected little way of, you know, letting you know it worked, but then you confirm it by having them show up. Um, I mean, I it just, I don't know. There was a, there was a sort of a, I don't know, the way that they all revealed, it just felt very like, I don't know. You can the one tell thing, everyone was sort of like filmed in different studios probably. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't have nearly the emotion that I would really have wanted it to have. Um, but it was, it was still, and I, but I guess also because, you know, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I guess that the best possible thing was, I mean, they, they realized everyone knew it was going to happen too. So might as well just here's reintroductions and go. Um, but it just didn't, you know, the only, the only one that had the real emotional punch was Spider-Man and Iron Man's re reunification. I though I really, really wanted to see Groot and Rocket but they didn't really give us that. And that, that I felt was a missed opportunity. But like I said, I'm sure there's a director's cut version where there's, you know, all these moments that have been filmed or, or were, you know, scripted or whatever that they had to just cut for the sake of time at that point. Cause the movie would have felt even longer if they had stopped to have, give everyone a little bit of a, Hey, welcome back. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if they cut some of the other parts we were talking about and put that in instead, I wouldn't have felt the three hours. Yeah, maybe if instead, if instead I got more of, the emotional weight of that and less of just the uh, attempt mm -hmm. at building that up. Yeah. But that being said, the Mjolnir moment was, I I just knew it was going to happen at some point. Like I knew that Captain America was going to weird wield Mjolnir though. I I've long thought that the final Avengers movie would feature Natasha wielding it because of that moment in age of Ultron where she doesn't pick it up. And she's like, I just don't need that validation or whatever. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I, so I thought that that might've been a cool moment for her, you know, for her character to have had that. Um, but for Cap to do it, and it so confirms the fact that he made it budge in Age of yeah. Ultron and and Thor being like, I knew it, <laughs> um, was that, that was a cool moment. And then when I, 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 I got giddy and giggled like high pitched giggled in the movie when cap like calls thunder down on Thor yeah. with it. And he, for a moment there is the God of thunder. It was, that, that was an awesome moment in the that movie. Was cool. That was, that was the fist pumping moment of the movie. Um, what about like, uh, uh, like, I don't know how I'm a little interested in how they're going to play out. Because it's been confirmed that James Gunn is coming back from Guardians of the Galaxy three. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering how they're sort of trying to play out Gamora, because you know I, I, it never really set well with me that she died in Infinity War. I never really like. Mm -hmm. I, I still really don't like that moment. I don't like that sort of that that's that story, beat, that dramatic entry in, in, in the entire series. It's probably like my least favorite part because I love Gamora so much, and I just feel like they're kind of they're dirtier than. But. I mean, are they going to, it kind of goes back to like, are they going to bring back Gamora and Black Widow? Um, is this past Gamora going to be the new Gamora? And like when she meets, you know, Peter again, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, 
kind of confuses me a little, a little worried a little bit. Yeah, I, I, um, I, part of what I think is, is that, you know, there's a, there's a, a three year jump in time between guardians volume two and infinity war. And I know some people were commenting on the fact that, you know, we see Peter and Gamora, we see yeah, Peter and Gamora having like a full on relationship and we had got to see that develop, right? Like it was just starting in, in guardians two. And then they're like in a full on long-term relationship by the time infinity war comes along. So my feeling is, is that 2014 Gamora is going to be the new Gamora and that allows for the third guardians movie to sort of continue the thread of their relationship development that we missed out on between the two movies, because this is a new person and we don't have, you know, we don't know where it's going to go. Um, that I, I would imagine that the search for her, is going to be a part of it, which would be fitting, right? Like Star Trek three, the search for spots, <laughs> Guardians three, the search for Gamora. Search for Gamora. I'm down for it. Um, and if that turns Man. into, if that turns into them finding the soul stone and swapping out and being able to like get her, you know, somehow back as, you know, as well as Natasha for the black widow movie or something like I'm on board. I feel like they would have to somehow, I know that they, they obviously have no reason to know that it's the third movie, but they have, somehow reference that if that's the case because that's very fitting with the like nostalgic thing about guardians <laughs> so yeah and i i kind of also uh, speaking of moments because i love the guardians so much i wish that they had a moment we could have had a moment to see star lord sort of responding to the fact that he's back on earth for the first time since he was a child yeah i think so too uh, and that's, uh, what I was, that's what i was looking for there's a few things involving the guardians and i'm a little disappointed they didn't really land like i I've been waiting, guys, I've been waiting years. Like ever since they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, I've been waiting years to just watch Rocket and, and Tony just quip. And it didn't happen. <laughs> you did though get a golden line though. It's like up until a minute ago, I thought you were a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> <laughs> there was that, yeah, there was that one moment. But that's all I got. I think I'm that's the only years. line they share with each other in the whole I know. thing. I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't be the only one who's been waiting years. We're just like, for Tony Stark just to freak out there's a talking record. <laughs> I remember yeah. I remember having that discussion, JP, when you told me that they're making the movie. I remember you saying, like, it's got a talking raccoon in it. I'm like, what? And you're like, no, no, picture a talking raccoon in Iron Man. And I'm like <laughs> laughing, thinking about it. So I remember you talking about that before Guardian even came out. Yeah. Um, <sighs> little upset. Little little disappointed, but whatever. Yeah. It's not what I would have done. Yeah, and they and they they sidelined raccoon rock, rocket for a lot of this movie, and that was, but um, I will say, since we're not talking about gardens for a moment, I really really appreciated the revisiting of the opening sequence of the first Guardians movie, and the and to and to watch it while realizing that Peter Quill is just listening to that opening track on his headphones and dancing, and yeah. just I, I loved that. Yeah, those time travel moments, those those were pretty fun. Like I I liked it when they go when they go back to. The battle of New York, and they make Hulk take the stairs. <laughs> Hulk hates stairs. I love that. I love that Professor Banner, you know, smart Hulk, yeah, is like when they're like, you have to, you know, break some stuff along the way to kind of blend in. And he's like, oh, it's so like juvenile. I was like, arr, arr, and just like kind of like <laughs> casually hits a few things. And um, yeah, we didn't talk about, we talk about Professor Hulk. We didn't what a great, that, that, that was a great thing to add, to add to the movie, good thing to hide too. Um, I, uh, Zen Hulk. Um, 
but yeah, no, the, the going back to the Nevada New York bit was also it was really great. I'm with you on that. And like and like they're like, we're all gonna go grab a bite to eat. And like, oh, they're going to the shawarma place. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. And like oh, uh, and Logan. it gave us the and it gave us the best line, like the best series of lines in the whole movie right. about Captain America's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the name of this uh, stream, by the way, America's Asscast. <laughs> um, you saw that. Um, yeah, no, that was great. I like, I, I love watching uh, Steve fight Steve. And he thinks he's, uh, he's he's in his old uniform, which looks so goofy now. Um, oh, it's goofy then. We just didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was right about that. That is America's ass. <laughs> It's a great moment, and like when Loki appearing and like taking the tesseract and disappearing, like oh great, yeah, <laughs> that, that freaking tesseract, yeah, um, which I'm pretty sure is going to be is going to lead into his uh, Disney Plus. Series. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Oh, and I will say th this was this is where they you could tell that there is some setup for the Disney Plus series because yeah. they're also going to have you know Falcon and the White Wolf or Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah, so it's clearly going to be like Captain America and the White Wolf. Um, um, the uh, was it WandaVision show? Um, they clearly were setting some of that stuff up. Yeah, um, I will say uh, one thing. I, I kind of wish that they could have done with this is I wish that Shuri had not been snapped because I would I would love to have seen a little bit during the whole bit where they're showing how the world is responding to everyone being gone. Um, if they had shown Wakanda and Shuri sort of running around as a Black Panther. Oh yeah, because she does eventually become a Black Panther in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, there's, there's so many things. I mean, I would have happily seen a four hour version of this movie like, <laughs> happily. Oh, I, I would, I would watch a, a six hour version split into two. I just, I'm just saying it felt like three hours. Yeah. There were moments I drug, but I'd still would have sat there for 10 more. if They would have let me, I'm like, we've been building up to this for like a hundred years. I just want to see it. Just keep going. And I, it's never going to be satisfying when it's over. Well, and, and speaking of which, I really like, I also really like that they spend some, the, the fact they make a five-year gap take place and that they spend some time showing the world after all of this happened, I thought was, you know, because for a series that we talk about how, like you were saying, the stakes are often emotional and they're not, you know, we don't, and there's really, we don't see lasting consequences a lot mm -hmm. of times in these movies. Um, the fact that they allow this, I mean, people were snapped and remember it. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to deal with it in Spider-Man Welcome Home, uh, or sorry, Far From, from home. home, that, um, you know, is he, you know, is it, are they going to go on the Europe trip? Are they going to make great little jokes about like, well, like half of you are gone, so you've deserved this trip. <laughs> um, you know, is it, uh, that's the kind of stuff I'm. And also, and also go back and listen to our resurrection episode. Your father Chuck talk about his favorite moments were the ones that had weight and you got to see the consequences before the person came back. So that's yep. very fitting with this movie too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and to me, I think that, uh, first of all, the, the whole like five years later thing, I think that's a really cool move. I love it when people try to do that because that, that to me, that shows a lot of uh, confidence and courage in what you're creating. Mm -hmm. Not many people do that. Like Battlestar, when Battlestar Galactica did it, uh, did you watch BSG yet? Not yet. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, don't. Please don't. But I'll just say, like, uh, there are other shows that do that. Uh, <laughs> please don't. Like, please don't spoil 
show you should have watched like 15 years ago, Chuck. Come on, <laughs> come on, you're killing me. I, I'm trying to be nice though, because I really want I really want Chuck to watch Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. Do too. Agreed, absolutely. Um, but I just say I just say other other people have done it, and it's like it's it's sort of it's always like a very harrowing moment. You know, it's never mm -hmm. a like ends on like a victory. Then like five years later, it's always like we're at our worst. Now let's jump five years later. Like, oh, it's gonna get worse, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think the real standout performance. I think even though Robert, I think Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are right, like, are and, and you know Chris Hemsworth, they're all like the probably the best actors. I thought um, um, Paul Rudd. Oh, really stood out in this movie. I think he really brought it home, even more so than you know. I think the end movies. I think he's pretty good in this movie. I mean, he does fine in this movie. He's like, he's great. But in this one, you know, he had to like really kind of, I think he had to make sure like people weren't stealing his scenes <laughs> and giving him like his sort of moments and stuff. I think he really, really stood out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish, I wish you could have seen Louise in the movie. And that's another thing. They totally indicate that his ex-wife got snapped because when he shows up at the house, there's his daughter and she's older, which again, bold move. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul Rudd was great. Paul Rudd was great in that movie. And he also gave us another great moment during the climax where they were like, they don't have the, the machine, you know? And then he was like, hold on. Like, da -na 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 -na. <laughs> that's, that's why I, I thought that's where Luis was going to come in. <laughs> yeah. Plus, that would have been fantastic. Plus, plus um, he gave us the line you were just talking about. Oh, it's true. He did. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Yeah, he's the one that brought that into he it. Salutes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought, yeah, Paul Rudd did really, he did really well, and oh. I also really liked. Um, I love the part with like his, his taco. Like, you know what we didn't get? But, we didn't get him riding on a Hawkeye arrow. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, well, not in this, not in this movie, but we got. When did it, that? Uh, did it happen in Civil, Civil War? Civil War. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. You're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. Okay. Erase, erase. I'll tell you what we didn't get, <laughs> which is what everybody was hoping what would happen. Should I? Should I? Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> is, is that what they call it? Thanos. Thanos. Yes. I don't know. No. Does Matt know about it? <laughs> I know about it. Trust me. Have I you seen? About have, it. You, have you seen the? Um, what, what's that British talk show? Um, is it Graham Norton? Yeah, Graham Norton. Did you see the thing where Paul Rudd and a few of them were on Graham Norton, and he talks, and Paul Rudd talks about it with Graham no. Norton? It's funny because for those who don't, can I talk? Can I tell it? Do it, do it. Let's just do it. Come on, we're all adults I mean, here. We, we all. Do I mean, so, so there's there's this internet there was this internet thing going around of uh, of Thanos uh, of uh, Ant Man shrinking down to little size and and jumping. I mean, it's called Thanos for a reason. Uh, jumping up Thanos's butt and then <laughs> expanding to blow him up. Um, everybody's saying. Famous. then that's how they should defeat him. And the thing that's funny about Paul Rudd talking about it, he goes like, I mean, it's a fine idea. I just don't understand why it has to be that. I mean, you know, you have the nose, the ear, the mouth. I mean, there's like a whole range of other places you could go. <laughs> Listen, Rudd, we make the decisions here. <laughs> it's proof though why fans should not have creative control. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Right. Well, I know, Matt, I know Matt has to leave. Yeah, we're at. Yeah, the, I uh, wish I had left about thirty seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, 
guys, I think that's a probably a good place to end. Don't you think? I mean, I, oh, I, let's. I, I we want to give sort of like our. Want to give like just. Talking. You want to just kind of like give your final thoughts, like your final feelings, like this is your your conclusive uh, thoughts on Avengers Endgame. Just quick. Matt, okay. go. Go, Matt. It was good. <laughs> All right. That's 20, 20 movies in the making. Like how many years of my life? What, what, what do you think I'm going to say right now? That's going to, that's going to put all that into, into context. It, it's, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was a super fun journey. It was a great end to these movies. And I hope a new beginning to something just as equally exciting. Um, and but maybe some little bit different here and there too. So I'm hoping it's a an introduction to the next twenty movies that I can't wait to watch. But it was a perfect end. Um, like I said, as far as not being an amazing writer who could come up with anything better, it was a a perfect end to these to this this series we've gone on and this this journey that we've taken, this good journey that we have had with Marvel. Um, and we've tripped along the way a few times. We've stubbed our toes, but we got back in there and it ended on a high note and it was great. And let's see what happens now. And that's it. Very that's good. All I got. Very good. Father Chuck. I mean, uh, it's, it, it's a very satisfying conclusion. Um, it's an achievement. I mean, a true, true achievement to be able to pull something off like this. I mean, we, when we, when we saw, when we saw Avengers, the first Avengers movie in 2012, and we, 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 I remember all three of us talked about, it's amazing that they made this happen, that they did it. A movie with this many characters and these many storylines coming together and it feeling like, in a, like an actual you know, chapter in the lives of characters. It just, what an achievement. And we never thought, it, but now in retrospect, it feels so small compared to uh, you know, a movie that really had like what, like 50 characters? Yeah. Um, all and all handled where like get their moments um, that's satisfying and not just like a wink or a token thing. Um, um, so it's just an achievement in terms of that and just spectacle and 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 what it means as the cultural moment. Um, you know, talking to Matt's uh, comment about you know he's ready to see what happens next. Well, now you know it, it can it can we can we can take a break from the superhero movies so that we can get make room for Avatar two to just really take us uh, culturally oh, sure. to the places. Oh sure, that... oh sure. My bit gets cut and gets rolling <laughs> eyes and makes everybody mad at me, but you get to throw Avatar out there, and I just have actually, to go along with it. Actually, here's here's honest to God, I'm I, I'm I, it's it, there's nothing that's good. I don't think there's anything this year that is going to top seeing this. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe rise of Skywalker. I don't know. I, 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 I'll see how that, but this, this feels like maybe this the feels finale like, of game of Thrones, maybe, maybe Sonic maybe the that. Hedgehog. Oh, it does not. I, we didn't do our bit. <laughs> oh, we forgot to do the Sonic thing. Anyway. Um, so oh, that movie looks so bad. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I, uh, but no, I, I, I think that, you know, really honestly, like it, this is going to be top for, I mean, this is a tough thing to, to beat, but I am, I am, you know, already in the, in, in no surprise to anyone else here in the, um, in the mode for um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about that. 
I'm That's on cool. board with you for that one. I, I could pass on Avatar as of now. Hopefully it'll prove me wrong, but I could pass on that one. But Godzilla, I'm excited about, and I blame you for it. You're the reason that I nice. even started watching this stuff. But I do have to say, before JP gives his final thoughts, just really quick here, because you brought Sonic. In a world post-Endgame, in 20-something years of movies, it still amazes me when a crappy movie like Sonic gets made. <laughs> and it's like, how have they learned nothing about oh, they learned. movies? They learned. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard the news. Oh no. Uh, the director went on Twitter and said, due to all the backlash, we're redesigning the character. <laughs> and, not change, and not changing the release date, which leads me to believe that they were already working on a change just in case the backlash was bad. And so, so like, what was, what was the, down. what was the backlash about it? I'm, I'm it just looked it. horrible. Like, like he the, looks the like character. a home. He's like a homo I mean, he's, he's terrifying. I mean, the, part of, part of it is that it's, it's almost like, it kind of reminds me of like a '90s adaptation, where they're giving sort of lip service to the character, but doing like an unnecessary update, like like the way Godzilla looks in the '98 Godzilla movie. It's like he's got spines, but we're trying to make it more ground. I didn't even say grounded. I don't know what they're trying to do, but like they don't even they, whatever they're doing with him. Like why his eyes are weird? Why his mouth makes no sense? Why his teeth? Like his teeth? He has over like overly muscular human like legs. It's just it's it's it. I, and besides that, the movie looks awful. Just awful. Uh, Jim Carrey looks great, though. Like, he does let's... look great. He does look great. It's That's the reason to see it. They should put him front and center. They should call it Dr. Robotnik. Snack. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, and, uh, and also, showing that they have no, no idea whatsoever about the fandom of this movie. Okay. Because the Sonic fandom is, for those who don't know, the Sonic fandom is notorious on the internet for being weird <laughs> and and Sonic. problematic as all get out and just it's it's its own thing. I mean, you took you took a cartoon character and tried to like let's see what it look if it was real. Like no, don't do that. It's oh, it looks so uncanny. Like, but 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 the flip side of it is we get we have Detective Pikachu, which looks great. I think, I mean, I personally think those are kind of weird too, but that's, that's just me. I, but Pokemon are also meant to be weird. Like it's, it's, it's meant to be kind of a nightmare world when you think about it. Like someone took a picture, uh, someone took a screenshot of Psyduck and I thought that looked kind well, of Well, I think, I think Poke Detective Pikachu is um, definitely going for the Howard the Duck, like <laughs> demographic. I, I want my Howard the Duck movie. Yes. My MCU, how are the Duck movies? Although I did hear they were making animated series. I, I think everyone yeah. listening to that. That's fine. As long as it's on, as long as it's on Hulu and at Disney Plus, yeah. because I want it to be. Yeah, you know, it needs to be a bit. You know. Anyway, um, my my final thoughts. Um, I thought it was freaking lame, dude. Whatever. It's, it's All right, good, good journey. No, <laughs> I uh, no, I you know, I. Not much. I don't think it, it really kind of solved. I want to say solved. It didn't necessarily change how I feel about the Avengers films, which is that like when I go and see them, I have a really good time. But when I reflect on them and like I revisit them, it's 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 fine. You know, they're they're. I think they're more serviceable than anything. And I think that's probably the same here. Um, and that's because I think that they're they're event films. 
you know, and, and I, I enjoy a Black Panther and a Thor Ragnarok and a Guardians of the Galaxy more than I'll ever enjoy any of the Avengers films. Uh, that's just because of the functionality of the Avengers films, mm -hmm. I think. I think the functionality of, of like those films work on me more than like the functionality of an Avengers film. Um, so that hasn't really changed. But uh, I thought there were a lot of fun moments um, that made me a little emotional, that made me excited, that made me laugh. Um, I didn't get that choked up like most people did when like Tony died. I felt kind of bad about that. Uh, the part that I did choke up a little bit though is when um, I will admit I, I choked a little when when Steve gave uh, Sam his, his shield. Hmm. I thought that was really touching. I thought that was cool because I really like Sam, and I actually really am looking forward to what the Falcon and um, Winter Soldier show is going to be like. Um, but overall, you know, there were definitely some liberties taken, and I, but, but I, I'm not going to, I don't want to harp on it too much, because I don't think, I don't know, I just, I don't get anything from that anymore. Like, I just want to, I just like, like I said, the whole time travel thing, I'm just here for the ride. Like, yeah. just, I'll, you just tell me whatever you want to tell me, and I'll believe it, and I'll just go with it, <laughs> okay? And, um, and I'll just judge you on whether or not, like, thematically things pay off, or dramatic, thematically or dramatically things pay off, and I think, I think a lot of things did. Uh, you know, Tony's funeral I thought was very moving. Uh, the little moment between Happy and Tony's daughter I thought was really oh, gosh. touching too. It was such a callback to the first Iron Man. Yeah. And, um, I, and you know, I just want to say I, I was so ecstatic um, for every moment that Captain Marvel was on screen. Um, all two minutes. Well, yeah, really. there, there was a uh, whole moment. So that's good. Yeah, I, I do want to comment on uh, I, that just really quick about that because, like, you know, I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I didn't think it was groundbreaking or anything like that, but I did enjoy the movie. Um, but I felt that the need to make a Captain Marvel movie in order for this movie to have the impact, like, they just didn't do anything nearly with her like that movie. I mean, the fact that the... The fact that the, the you know the the post credit stinger of Infinity War is the pager calling Captain Marvel sets up so much expectation, and then she's barely in this. Yeah, but she does get a cool moment. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool watching her fight Thanos, which is kind of like what I was waiting to see how that would shake up. But there is just like no 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 there's no emotional punch to it. Right, which is kind of weird because you know the first Avengers movie came out shortly after Winter Soldier. And so it effectively acts as a sequel to Winter Soldier. And it picks up from that post-credit scene of the first Avenger where, so we, we actually see Steve's story continuing in the Avengers. Um, and I don't feel like they did that with, Cap with, with this movie with Captain Marvel. I wanted that. Like I really wanted to see a continuation I, of her story. I think if they, if they wanted to do the bold thing, I think it would have been interesting to center a lot of the movie on her. Yeah, because I think I think she's supposed to be the leader, like sort of the next phase of Avengers, isn't she? Like, isn't yeah. she supposed to be like the... that's what that's what it seemed like the movie was supposed to be. The way the first one did, you expected a movie centered around her, and you also expected her to actually have a important role in this. Kind of a connection to like, Thanos that we didn't really see. Well, I also because I also feel like the way they wrote her character, and if she wasn't in this movie, it would have ended the same way. And she makes like this big deal of like, last yeah. time you didn't have me. 
and then she fights with him and it's a cool moment but she loses that fight and the next person <laughs> steps up and fights and that was the end of it and i'm like yeah what? well and what? the whole time and, and like the whole time they have we're, we're getting into it again sorry but like yeah, the whole time that they <laughs> the whole time that they have the gauntlet and they're having this whole conversation about who's the one who's going to wield it like the whole time i think where's carol like Carol's obviously the most powerful one. She should be the one to have the gauntlet at this moment. Like I was waiting for her to show up and just sort of be like, like, I got it, you know, like, yeah, this, this is all me. Well, I, uh, but we, we should digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought overall, I, I really enjoyed this. Song. Um, I don't know if it'll go, go down as the strongest of the Marvel films. It, you know, I, I thought, I think when you kind of take a step back, you'll probably see a bigger mess than something cohesive, but it's a fun mess. You know, it's like it's like when when you were a kid and you had all the toys all strewn out of your room. It's like you destroyed your room, but you had fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's kind of how I see it. And, I kept uh, I kept saying it was like the perfect ending, but I don't know if I'll watch it again <laughs> unless I go through all the movies again. Like I don't know if I care to necessarily. This isn't the one I'm gonna be like, guys. You know which one we have to watch. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I think when we go back, this one not uh stand against the test of time right i think this is one that'll just be a whatever movie i, I think i actually think infinity war would be more well remembered than this one would be yeah i agree um, because i think people are so shocked by the ending um but i, I think what, what i can appreciate though that it wasn't just a movie that served like a like a single like a singular purpose they tried to in inject a lot of emotion they tried to inject a lot of drama they tried to inject a lot of thematic elements and i can i can appreciate them whether or not it kind of comes together, well, you know, that's that's a, that's an essay JP should write someday, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but I, I appreciate the effort. I think it just did uh, a good job of what it, and I say over and over again, these movies could be disasters. Like, the fact that they are pulled off in a way that everyone is entertained and satisfied is well, a miracle in itself, because they, they, they should be recipe for, for disasters. Well, they, they were almost disasters. I mean, do you remember? I mean, what was it? Nineteen ninety eight. Marvel was tr was in trouble, and they were trying to sell their they were trying to sell stuff, and they had the entire like the movie rights to every character for twenty five million dollars, and they offered it to Sony, and oh, Sony yes. was just like, "Come back to us with a price just for Spider Man. We don't care about all the rest of that." <laughs> wow! And then they made the best Spider Man movie. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so those are my thoughts, and uh, we'll we'll probably talk about our, our Sonic our, our hedgehogs next time. No, no, we will not. Oh, oh, you're talking about the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're not talking about that stupid movie. <laughs> All right. So I just I want to thank uh, Father Chuck and Matt uh, for being here and for sharing their opinions, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, thank you for listening and for watching. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, ring that bell if, if you must, and uh, leave a review for us on iTunes. And um, uh, join us again next week. Good journey. Uh, should we? Sorry, should we mention that uh, we are officially next week going to be doing Music Mayhem? Oh, crap. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next week is Music Mayhem. Last week we announced the album, which is, uh, what was it, Chuck? Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. Right, so again, you have your album. We gave you the album last week, but maybe listen to it again. <laughs> or, or for the first time. I don't know if you listen to it or not. Um, but next week, we are officially jumping into Music Mayhem. It's starting a little late this, this, this year, but that's okay. We need to make time for Avengers. We feel like we had to follow up the Marvel episode with this and uh, 
think we're gonna be happy with it. But yeah, it's gonna be a great music mayhem this year. Uh, we're gonna bring in, we're gonna try to bring in uh, more folks to share uh, albums. And uh, we even have a, a, a great episode planned for the very last episode. And uh, I think we'll keep that a surprise. We'll be doing for that one. Sounds good. Yeah. So, again, thank you for listening. Join us again next week. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey.